Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. And today's date is April the 6th. This is the Monday after Palm Sunday, and it is the Monday before Easter Sunday. And Thomas, we are still separated by distance. I am in Fulton, Mississippi, and where are you? I am in uh, Winnesota, Winnesota, right outside of Corinth. We're separated by distance, but not separated by, by heart, spirit, mind, all of that stuff, right? You are correct. Because about we're the that. body the of only, Christ. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The only thing that separates us is distance. And we are still distanced because of uh well, because of the coronavirus. We are still uh we are still in a in a and now a, a, a governor mandated uh, what shelter in place, stay at home order. And uh and so we are observing that. But we wanted to to get together today to discuss a very important topic, and that topic is well, it's the Easter story. We want to tell you just a little bit about the Easter story and be able to broadcast, uh, even during this coronavirus pandemic, broadcast a little bit for the Ministry Marks podcast. And so we are so thankful for all of our listeners who are joining us today. So Thomas, uh, kind of give us some direction. How are you thinking we should discuss the Easter story today? Yeah, I think we can definitely talk about maybe what we did yesterday as far as Palm Sunday. And then just go through some of the details of the Easter story, maybe even this, since we are a ministry type podcast, maybe even talk about our Easter plans that we have for this week and for Sunday, Uh, maybe even how those plans have changed and things like that. And so how about we just uh, jump in? Did you do anything special yesterday for Palm Sunday? Did you preach on Palm Sunday? I did. So I, I preached a message uh, entitled At the Cross. So we looked at the cross yesterday. Our music was geared toward the cross. So we sung about the cross. We thought about the cross. And then I preached uh, out of out of Luke, uh, Luke 23, a passage about the cross. Uh, uh, cross passage that I've not preached yet at Trinity Baptist. Uh, Thomas, I don't know that I've told you this, but I might have. But whenever I go to a church, I get a brand new Bible. And and unless that Bible uh, is destroyed uh, due to some unforeseen act, then I preach out of that Bible the entire length of my ministry there at that church. And so I know if I have preached from a passage before or not, I underline those passages. If I have referenced that passage after I preached uh, preached it through, then I go back and I put a little star over in the margin so I know that I've referenced it at least a second time. If I reference it a third time, I'll put a circle around it and a circle around the star. So I have little odd ways of, of knowing what passages I preach through. And so in preparing to preach about the cross and then this week about the tomb, the empty tomb, uh, I looked and I had never preached Luke's account of the cross or the tomb. And so, man, I'm excited to be able to preach that. I, I was excited about Sunday's passage. So, yes, we looked at the cross. We sung about the cross and I preached to a, a bunch of empty pews yeah. about the cross. But, of course, we were gathered um, online. We were gathered virtually uh, as we were all able to worship together and sing together. And, and study a, a portion of, of, of scripture. So, Thomas, how about you? Well, I did. I preached on the um, Palm Sunday, the royal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem from John chapter 12. I had not preached that at Holly, and I had not, as far as I know, preached the uh, royal entry into uh, Jerusalem by Jesus. 
at all since I've been at Holly. And so I, I took that opportunity to do so yesterday and really enjoyed that. Talked about the crowds that were there and how the crowds can represent uh, our response to Jesus even today. You know, there were some people who, who openly rejected Jesus. There were others who they uh, openly professed him but it was only superficially because at the end of the week, that crowd would cry, crucify him. And then there were others who were, were true seekers, people who would seek after Jesus and would begin to follow him and follow him uh, through the, the week, through the death, the burial, and also through the resurrection. So that's kind of what I talked about. Yeah, yeah. You know, Thomas, as I was thinking about the Easter story, I, I think about Simon of Cyrene, and he was he was just really a person in the right place at the right time uh, to then be accounted for in the gospel narrative. And I think he is such a such an interesting individual. Uh, and I, I, that's that's one of those guys that I would love to talk to in heaven about the carrying of the cross and about the different aspects of of, of how he served the Lord that day during a very difficult time. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of things we just don't know about him. I mean, we know his name, of course. We know that he's from Cyrene, but uh, but there's a lot we don't know. Uh, I would love to talk to him as well. And one of the people, and I know that's that's kind of one of uh, one of your things that you like to do is you like to ask people about. Uh, who would you want to be or who would you want to talk yeah. to or uh, where would you want to be standing at, you know, when this happens yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, what would you like to eat or, you know, things kind of like that. And so I think I would, the Roman soldier from Mark yeah, at the, yeah. at the very end when, when Jesus dies and he says, surely this was the son of God. I would like to talk to him or I'd like to be in his place. I would, I would want to ask him what exactly led him to that declaration. Was it the earthquake? Was it the phenomenon, the phenomena that happened all around? Was it something Jesus said to him? Was it a look that Jesus gave to him? What, what exactly made him uh, make that declaration? Yeah, yeah, man, that's some really good thought. And I wonder, like those guys, the Centurion Soldier and Simon of Cyrene, I wonder how their lives changed after that. You know, whenever they made the declaration of this is the Christ, and we feel that Simon identified with that, possibly with some later some later texts and his sons. But, but I just wonder how did their lives change? But, but yeah, all right, so now to answer your initial question, yes, I preached on the cross uh, this past Sunday, AM, uh, and then this upcoming Sunday, I'm planning on preaching about the, the empty tomb. Uh, this is a Monday morning. So I am, I am working or other than recording a podcast, uh, I'm working on my outline. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to fill out that script, that text and that scripture and the way the Lord would have me present, uh, you know, a, a scriptural sermon for this upcoming Sunday. So Thomas, what are your plans for Sunday? Yeah, I plan on preaching the resurrection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's I, a good topic. I, I plan on ple uh, preaching on the resurrection and the empty tomb, and uh, because you know it's Easter, <laughs> you know it's yeah. Resurrection <laughs> Sunday. So let me ask you this: This is one of the uh -huh. things as you were you were talking, and I was thinking here. Um, 
How long have you been at Trinity? Okay, so I went to Trinity in September of 2015. So this will be my fifth Easter to preach. All right. So David, as I was uh, as I was thinking, you know, you've been there at Trinity for five years. So how do you keep the resurrection story fresh? Do you keep it fresh, and how do you keep it fresh? Oh, Thomas. Well, the, the the first question is, do I keep it fresh? I'm afraid the answer to that is not as fresh as it needs to be, but uh, but but I hope so. Maybe the question is, should I keep it fresh? And the answer is absolutely yes. So, man, that's a really good question. All right. So as I as I think about it, I, I'm going to say my first two Easter's at Trinity, I preached an already preached sermon. I refreshed it, prayed over it, dealt with the passage, made, made a few changes, but I preached uh, messages, Easter sermons that I that I had preached at Mount Olive or I'd preached at Little Creek or possibly even had preached at both of those prior pastorates. Uh, but, uh, but I stopped doing that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say my, my third Easter at Trinity, I made a logical decision and I did change. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't care what I had preached before. What I wanted to do was look fresh at a passage. And as I've already mentioned in this podcast, I know which passages that I have preached through because of the way I mark my Bibles. And so, or I mark my Bible. So I started looking at, at what I had not preached concerning the cross or concerning the empty tomb or whatever the case might be. And so I wanted to preach through those other, those other passages. And I, and I, I, I forced myself not to look at my other Easter sermons uh, because it is so easy to be lazy. It is so easy to just say, well, you know, that was a good message seven years ago. These people have never heard it. Let me just, but, but I decided that I wanted to look at it afresh and anew. So that's exactly what I did. Now, as I mentioned, I think this is my last um cross passage that I've not preached and probably my last empty tomb passage that I've not preached. So beginning next year at Trinity Baptist, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to look at a passage that I have preached that I have detailed notes on, but I will most likely do all of my studying afresh, do all of my outlining afresh. I may look at that passage in a totally different way than the way I preached it a year or two or or five or six years ago. So Thomas, that's kind of what I do. I have forced myself to not look at my previous notes because I want to hear from the Lord once again. All right. Speaking of fresh, what what are you doing? Are you doing something similar? Yeah, I'm just going to preach the resurrection and the Easter story. And and I think that's kind of a good point for us to make is that there are four gospel accounts. If you pull in, of course, some of the post-resurrection experiences, maybe from 1 Corinthians, like 15, then you have five different events or times that you can look at. But But I don't think we have to necessarily stay fresh or stay up to date or try to come up with something new because the resurrection story and the Easter story is is a great thing to preach on Easter Sunday and on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, I Now, I agree completely with your statement about keeping the sermon fresh, you know, going through yeah. the, the study itself and and making sure it all is fresh in your mind and it's a it's a new sermon it's not something that's reheated or uh, anything like that it's 
it's a uh, it's a sermon you've come up with for that people at that specific time. But again, yeah. we don't have to come up with something new because we're just preaching the resurrection story. You know, I mean, that's the most yeah. important. I feel like the most important thing for us to do on Easter Sunday. Hey, Thomas, I think you're right about that. So so in thinking about Easter Sunday, and it's going to be coming up this Sunday, how have your plans changed? I believe on last week's podcast, uh, you discussed that you wanted to have an outdoor Easter service with social distancing. What, what, are, what are your plans and what are Holly's plans as of today? Well, yes, uh, those plans have changed drastically because at first the plan was to have an outdoor service and have chairs set up at a distance. But of course, our governor has put a shelter-in-place order in effect for the whole state of Mississippi, which means that, you know, you can't be outside in a group of more than 10 people. But I think what we are going to do is we're going to have a drive-in church service. If, (laughs) If the weather is nice, nice enough that we can be on the front porch of our church and be able to preach without being rained on or wind blowing across the mics and it sounding, you know, really bad, then we are going to have a drive-in church service. And it looks like the governor or the the office of the governor has at least said that churches can still do drive-in church services as long as the vehicles are parked six feet apart, as long as they keep the windows up in those vehicles and that no no more than 10 people are outside of the vehicle at any one time. And I think we can make all of that work. And so right now my plan is to have a drive-in church service at nine o'clock on Sunday, and we're still going to live stream it. We're still going to use our phone streaming service, and we have an FM transmitter that we're going to be able to use so that people can hear it in their vehicles. Yeah, man. What about you? I, I what do you say? What's y'all's plans? I think what you shared is fantastic. And if our setting, if our setup, if our if our facilities were a little bit different, we would love to do the exact same thing. Uh, just uh, well, uh, two weeks ago, we had a, a local pastor, uh, Brother Michael. He pastors uh, the Free Will Baptist Church here in town, and he is a listener of our podcast, and he he faithfully listens to our podcast. So shout out to him. But he called. He contacted me about two weeks ago and said, "Hey, man, we have a transmitter." And uh, and we can stagger our services. If you guys want to use our transmitter, we'll we'll share with you how to do it. As soon as we get done, man, we can take it to Trinity, or you guys can pick it up from from the free will from our church, and and we can get double duty out of this transmitter. But our facility does not does not does not help us with that. Mm. We have no porch. We have well, we have a front porch. It's about four feet or eight yeah. or six feet, six feet deep. But but our porch, our front porch of the church, just goes right out to South Adams, which is the main street, the main drag down yeah. through Fulton, Mississippi, and you can only park about three cars that could see you uh, from our front porch. We have no covered drop-off area. You know, we're in the process of, uh, of, of naming a building committee uh, that has been postponed due to the coronavirus. But one of the main things we want in a new facility is a covered drop-off area. But right now, 
the way our parking lots are, we have parking lots that are scattered all throughout our facilities on every end of our facility, basically, and there's no central parking lot and there is no cover drop-off, so we can't do that. And as I was talking with him about the possibility of having driving church, I saw very quickly that it works well down at the Free Will Church here in Fulton, but it but it will not work for us. And so we're going to live stream our services the way that we have for the last three Sundays. Now, my wife and I were talking this morning, my, my wife's a realtor and she has a marketing brain. And she said, David, it's got to look different. If we just continue to look the same way every Sunday, people are going to get tired of seeing the same thing. This is Easter Sunday. We've got to make it look different for Easter. And I said, okay, that's right. And when we think we have some some stuff there at the church that we're going to be able to use as as backdrops, or at least to be able to cross, uh, you know, a, a nicely placed cross, and just some different things to accentuate it being a, a Easter morning message. But other than that, we're going to be doing things like normal worship, and then preaching, and then closing announcements. It's just going to be it's going to be an Easter focused uh, service, is what it's going to be. Now, a couple of weeks ago, what well, was last week's podcast that was published last week, we recorded it a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. You had mentioned that y'all might do a Easter celebration and at a different point, like maybe in June or July. Are you still thinking about doing that? Or what's your plans look like as far as that now? Uh, he- Yes, we are thinking about that. Whenever life gets back to some sort of normal, uh, we're going to have an Easter celebration uh, weekend. We're still we're still going to do that. We love having an egg hunt and a kids uh, a kids time where I get to tell the Easter story, the resurrection story uh, on a Saturday morning at the egg hunt. We have breakfast for our family, uh, for our families there at the church for the kids, and it is so much fun. We're still planning on doing that. So as soon as we made that. The, that determination that it might be Easter in July or whenever it might be, my wife said, Hey, they're not going to have the Easter eggs for sale. They're not going to have the candy for sale. And none of that stuff is going to be ready in July or August. If you want to do that, then I said, you're right. And so before the shelter in place warning went out, I got, uh, I started text messaging our, our children's director and those who would prepare for that. And I said, get everything we need right now. And so everything has been bought. All of our Easter decorations, we've got them bought. They're at someone's house <laughs> and we're going to use those a little bit later on. And then on that Sunday, hey man, we very well may. I, I, I plan on preaching a, a Easter Sunday morning message and our choir will do some special numbers. And so it's just going to be different. And, uh, and, I, and I think it will be, uh, I think it'll be a good time. So yeah, we're still planning that, Thomas. That's good. I know for us, we were planning a Maundy Thursday service, and we've done uh-huh. that for, I guess, almost every year that I've been here. It's a Thursday evening service. You remember on the Thursday evening before before that Friday uh, that mm-hmm. Jesus went to the upper room. He had the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper with the people, initiated the Lord's Supper, also washed their feet. And so we have a Maundy Thursday service where we get together and sing sing hymns and uh, have the Lord's Supper and read scripture. And we're going to have a drive-through service this coming Thursday, beginning at 530. And so up under the awning of our Family Life Center, I'm going to be there. We're going to use our FM transmitter to broadcast some some songs and some cues, like um, 
you know, let's prepare our hearts now for taking the Lord's Supper. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, please take this these few moments to confess uh, confess any of that sin, and you know, have a hymn playing. And then, as they get to me under the awning, I will read them scripture and give that vehicle the Lord's Supper. We have some of the little plastic cups mm-hmm. with uh, with the bread already packaged on top of it. You know, like you buy from Lifeway or other Christian bookstores, and I'm going to be giving that to the people in the vehicle. So we're still going to have our Monday Thursday service to kind of wrap our minds around what will be happening on Good Friday, you know, the day yeah. that he, he was tortured and died for us. Yeah, I man, I, I think that's really good. Trinity does not have any any set, um, any, any, any things, any set traditions that they've done down through the years, like what you've just mentioned. But I've noticed there are some churches on, online that are asking, they're preparing for Easter Lord's Supper, and they are asking their families to, to have something that represents, have juice, have grape juice, have something that represents, uh, you know, the blood, have something that represents the body, have bread that, that they break, and they're asking families families individually to partake of the Lord's Supper. And, you know, it, that really puts it in, in a different light for me. I like that idea. It's the heart of the matter, and it's not exactly the bread or the juice that you're drinking. It is about the commemoration of that Last Supper. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Thomas, hey, let me ask you this. Um, uh, Family-wise, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, let me, while, while I want to ask you, how is your family going to do Easter differently than you than you really do in the past? And let me kind of share with you what, what we do. This will be the first time in 15 years that we're not hosting our family. Uh, I, I became a pastor in May of 05. And so on Easter of 06, we started having our families down. We would, we would host them to a, an Easter lunch at our house. My wife would always make Easter dinner or Easter lunch. And we would have everybody over to our house. That was uh, initially, it was, it was our parents, uh, my parents, my wife's parents, uh, my wife's sister. And then, and then, and then my, my sister, and I still think the first time my sister was out and about and she couldn't make it, but, but but now our families have grown so much. My sister-in-law is married with three kids. My 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 sister is married with three kids and a stepson and all of them come down to our house and we have such a good time on Easter. And then we let the big kids hide the eggs for the little kids. And, uh, and it is, and, and we're not going to be doing that this year. And I'm sad about it. Now, Thomas, what about, what about your family? How's it going to be a little different? Well, we usually meet with Amanda's aunt. And then her side of the family, my side of the family doesn't necessarily meet. And so uh, I can almost say nothing is necessarily going to change for that Easter Sunday. We usually meet, you know, a week or two before Easter with her side of the family, her mom's side of the family. And then we usually spend the day um, because we don't usually have night service on Easter. And we usually spend the day together as uh, as my family, you know, at our house, or we may go to a movie, or we may go do something just us together. So, not necessarily much is going to change in that that aspect uh, for us. Well, you know, David, we haven't talked about the Easter story. When we uh, talk about the Easter story, what are we talking about? 
really, um, I think that we're talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's right. And so that's the gospel, right? I think we would yeah. both describe that as the gospel. So the gospel is the Easter story, and the Easter story is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came to earth, lived as a man, died a horrible death for our sins, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and was resurrected to life by God. So I think that yeah. is the, the good news, and that is the Easter story. I want to thank you all for joining us today as we talked about Easter and just about our ministry plans around Easter, our Easter services. Uh, we don't know when we will be able to record again, but we're getting close to our one-year anniversary, and so our next podcast will be on our one-year anniversary and what we have learned in those one years. Thank you all for joining us today, and I hope you will join us again very soon.